All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, Dan, are you there? Okay, looks like uh, I lost uh, contact. Uh, I have to reestablish contact with Dan. All right. Hey. Don't know what happened there, but there's always problems on this on this show. <laughs> More than any other show we have, I don't think the Jews want us to talk about Genesis to Revelation, right? <laughs> All right, but we're finally back on after what? It's now four weeks Gosh, I that, think yeah, three, I think it's been three weeks. Three yeah, weeks. yeah. And so uh, we've had to rebuild the whole website to get all the sound, uh, all the shows back online, and that's been a struggle. So we're finally operational. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Roger Sales. He's he's doing now five shows a week. I mean, six shows a week, not just five. And we're still filling in the schedule for uh, Saturdays. And so I think Sunday's schedule is pretty well rounded out. So we have to uh, get the schedule set and uh, fixed and so that uh, we don't have any uh, stoppage of play. Although what we're going to do, we're going to pretty much sign off. Uh, our last show is the Jeff Rents show, weeknights. And we'll just sign off or play music for, uh, for the rest of the night until the next morning, which where our programming will continue. So that's the, that's the station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brother Dan found his WD-40 for, for, <laughs> for, your, for your squeaky chair, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Very good. I haven't heard any squeaks yet. So, all right. So let's get into it. First Samuel chapter 23, we're still talking about the, the struggle between Saul and David. What a crazy... Somebody should have made a movie of this. This is dramatic stuff, all right? So well, take, somebody should have made a, a movie of the entire Bible. Really. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Not, not just the Exodus, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, they should make a movie about the Judgment Day. Now, that will be exciting. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's get into it. First Samuel right. 23, verse 1. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they rob the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of Yahweh, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And Yahweh said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. Now why doesn't he answer me that way? Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Yahweh, give me, give me the word. What do you want me to do? <laughs> uh, we, we have to figure it out for ourselves. That's, that's not fair. It's not right. fair. Yeah. It? All right. Back to you. Verse three. And David's men said unto him, behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of Yahweh yet again. And Yahweh answered him and said, arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. And it came to pass when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David to Keilah, that he came down with an ephod in his hand. And it was told Saul that David was come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that, ha that has gates and bars. Mm. And Saul called all the people together to war, to go down to Keilah, to besiege David and his men. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, bring hither the ephod. Then said David, O Yahweh, God of Israel, thy servant has certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah, to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant has heard? O Yahweh, God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And Yahweh said, he will come down. <clears throat> then said David, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And Yahweh said, they will deliver thee up. Then David and his men, which were about 600, arose and departed out of Keilah and went where whithersoever they could go. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah, and he forbear to go forth. And David abode in the wilderness in strongholds and remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. 
And Saul sought him every day, but God <laughs> delivered him not into his hand. Well, this is proof that uh, our own people are our worst enemies. We don't jealous. Really, yeah. He was so envious and jealous of David. He he couldn't stand to, you know, yeah. that he had all this success as a warrior. Yeah, because he, he didn't want to be uh, taken off the throne, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, and uh, But David had no inclination to dethrone him. And Saul just couldn't accept that. Saul was basically a nutcase, really. That's right. <laughs> right, he's kind of the Joe Biden of the Old Testament. <laughs> Assuming Joe Biden is actually a white man, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Verse 15. <clears throat> and David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee. And thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee. And that also Saul my father knows. And they two made a covenant before Yahweh. And David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Does not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood, in the hill of Hakilah, which is on the south of Jeshimon? Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. And Saul said, Blessed be ye of Yahweh, for ye Ah. have compassion on me. (laughs) Go. I pray you, prepare yet, and know and see his place where his haunt is, and who has seen him there, for it is told me that he be dealeth that he deal dealeth very subtly. <clears throat> see therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where he hides himself, and come again to me with the certainty, and I will go out with you, and it shall come to pass, if he be in the land, that I will search him out throughout all the thousands of Judah. And they arose and went to Ziph before Saul. But David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain on the south of Jeshimon. Saul also and his men went to seek him. And they told David, wherefore he came down into a rock and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. And Saul went on this side of the mountain, and David and his men on that side of the mountain. And David made haste to get away for fear of Saul, for Saul and his men compassed David and his men round about to take them. But there came a messenger unto Saul, saying, Haste thee, and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. Wherefore Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore they called that place Selahamalekoth. I guess I got that right. Good try. Good Good try. try. Yeah. The Philistines come to the rescue. How about that? Amazing. More proof that they're not Canaanites. They are Hamites, but not Canaanites. Mm -hmm. And David went up from thence and dwelt in strongholds at En Gedi. All right. Okay. Chapter 24. Chapter 24. And it came to pass when Saul was returned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats by the way, where was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. But David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold the day of which Yahweh said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him, because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, Yahweh forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing that he is the anointed of Yahweh. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. 
David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. Uh, can you imagine the <laughs> humility that David shows here? And, I know it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would have had that kind of humility. <laughs> I know I wouldn't have. Yeah, right. I would have put a stake right through his heart for trying to kill me, right? <laughs> All right. Exactly. Okay. And David had a couple of opportunities to yes. kill him. Never did. Right. Verse 9, And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that Yahweh has delivered thee today into my hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but mine eyes spared thee. And I said, I will not put, my, <clears throat> put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is Yahweh's anointed. Moreover, my father, see, yea, the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Yes. Know thou that there is neither evil nor transgression in my, man, my hand. I have not sinned against thee, <clears throat> yet thou huntest my soul to take it. Yahweh judge between me and thee, and Yahweh avenge me of thee. There you go. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the word Lord in the previous, verse 10 is Adon. Adon. So okay. it's, a, it's a lowercase Lord. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where was it? Verse 12. Yahweh judge between me and thee, and Yahweh avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. As saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but my hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? Yahweh, therefore, be judge, and judge between me and thee, and see, and plead my cause, and deliver me out of thy hand. And it came to pass, when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? <laughs> and Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. And thou hast showed this day how that thou hast dealt with me, for as much as when Yahweh had delivered me into thine hand, thou kills me, killed me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore, Yahweh, reward thee good for that thou hast done unto me this day. And now behold... I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thy hand. Right. You might have to wait 50 years, but <laughs> yeah. no, it will be very soon after this. All right, back to you. Verse 21, swear now therefore unto me by Yahweh that thou wilt not cut off my seed after me, and that thou wilt not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swear unto Saul, and Saul went home. But David and his men got them up unto the hold. Well, uh, David didn't do that, but I think Yahweh cut off just about all of Saul's posterity with one possible exception. We'll find out what that is. So this is very similar to where, uh, uh, the how, how should I put this? Uh, David, you know, when David uh, killed Uriah, then David had to admit his own fault. Right, so somehow a little bit of karma coming back, but no, David did everything right. He couldn't do it any better in terms of uh, honoring Yahweh's anointed. David was a hundred percent right in what he did here. Yeah, he did much better than I would have ever done. <laughs> right. <laughs> and another, he, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Moses. You know, when he was right. leading those people out of the wilderness, and they uh, they wanted to kill him, and uh, he had showed so much patience. But I think that's probably just a uh, a mark of uh, someone who's one of Yahweh's anointed. You know, they have right. that patience and and, and that yeah. humility. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, we have to be very patient with our Israelite brethren who are still asleep. Mm -hmm. yeah, still asleep. But I think the wake-up call is, is progressing nicely these days, thanks to COVID. Mm -hmm. Thanks to COVID, the, uh, the Rothschilds are doing us a big favor by uh, waking up the, the ones who haven't gotten jabbed, and even some of those who have, right, to what's actually going on in the world. You cannot trust the leadership. 
And that's what the Judahites and the people in Judea had to learn about the Pharisees. They are not your friends, they're your enemies. Mm-hmm. And we have the same situation today. Our government has become Pharisaic. And our government's really not, I mean, they're really? controlled. You know, yeah. who we think we're electing is really not who's in charge. They're right. Kind of, they're, I, I call them middle managers. <laughs> right. It's a middleman. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a corporation. Yeah. It's a world government, one big corporation, Mystery Babylon. Yeah. And it's amazing that uh, very few, if, if any, of the Judeo-Christian theologians understand this. I said, how can it be so stupid? You know, just read read the book of Revelation. It says, an empire of merchants. That's mystery Babylon. Revelation 17, I believe, is where yeah, it mentions yes. Babylon. Yeah. 17, 18, and 19. Uh, it's all about mystery Babylon. Yep. Okay, chapter 25. Chapter 25. <clears throat> and Samuel died, and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. And there was a man in Moan whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great, and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings. And he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal did shear his sheep. And David sent out ten young men. And David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him that lives in prosperity, Peace be both to thee and peace be to thine house and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers. Now thy shepherds which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was there aught missing unto them. All the while they were in Carmel. Okay, so we have a lot of churlish Israelites in the world today. Yeah. I know a few of those personally. So I think since we're into the story of Abigail, uh, which is a very important story, because the object lesson is, you know, wh- whether you're male or female, do you, you must exercise patience and do it Yahweh's way and not your own way. Like, uh, what's his face? The song, uh, who's the, uh, the, the singer? The, I did it my way, right? Oh, Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. By yeah. the way, the, the first three letters of his word are sin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Okay, so... I'll put the link uh, for a story of Abigail into the chat room. And uh, do you have that uh, story in front of you? I do. Okay. Uh, Let's let's do it. Okay. We don't get to hear too many about too many female figures in the Bible. And although we may have heard the name Abigail widely used in today's vernacular, we may not know much about Abigail's story in the Bible. Abigail stands out for a number of reasons. We meet her married to a rather horrible man who refuses to provide David food and shelter when David is on the run from Saul, 1 Samuel chapter 25. Instead, Nabal, Abigail's then-husband, hurls insults at David. Here, Abigail sends loads of food to David and asks him not to do anything rash in regard to Nabal. Nabal dies at the hands of the Lord a few days later, and David marries Abigail. But wait a minute, hadn't David already married other women, such as Nicol and Ahinoam? Does this mean that the Bible allows for polygamy? And what else do we know about Abigail? We'll dive into all these questions and more. Where is Abigail in the Bible? Apart from the first Samuel passage above, we don't find much about Abigail except a listing in Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. In the Chronicles verse, we learn that she has a son named Daniel not the one taken into captivity by Babylonians. We also learn she hails from the land of Carmel, a land otherwise known as God's vineyard. This means she would have come from a decent amount of wealth. The banquet Nabal throws himself and the amount of food Abigail sends David seems to confirm this. Abigail also tells David not to slay Nabal because God would do the vengeance if only David would wait on the Lord. 
Okay, so she's telling David to be patient, <laughs> right? Yeah. But she needs even more patience than he does, all right? Yeah. Yep. This seems to indicate that she had some prophetic giftings of some sort. The passage confirms this when she predicts David will be king over Israel. Okay. And this article describes her as a woman of beauty and brains. David is, of course, taken by her good looks, but she advises him not to take rash actions. Even after he vowed to kill Nabal and Nabal's family after Nabal insults him. Okay, now he just uh, spared Saul. Yeah, I was gonna... Saul. yeah right? Uh, so w- what happened to his uh, you know, patience and uh, humility, right? <laughs> okay. A good-looking woman is what happened. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Blame it on the woman. <laughs> right, okay. Blame it on, on, on men that yeah. think they <laughs> right. have to well, have every good-looking woman out there. <laughs> right, right. Well, that actually did happen to David later on, right? Exactly. Even David. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if Abigail abounded with wisdom and beauty, why did David marry more than one woman? Or why did God allow him to do it? Does David mark as the exception to having more than one wife, or does he encounter consequences for doing so? Uh, Actually, no, there's no consequence, especially since the Israelites were constantly at war, right? The uh, Israelite men had, uh, many of them had multiple wives, because uh, mm-hmm. they, they needed to make more Israelites, right? <laughs> That's all there is to that, right? So, so please continue. Okay. We do know that David had lost his wife, Michal, before this to childbirth. But this doesn't mean he didn't marry other women in addition to Abigail. The passage in 1 Samuel chapter 25 makes it clear he also married Ahinoam and married others along the way. This commentary describes this as David was carried away by the corrupt custom of those times. Okay. But does David show the exception to polygamy? After all, most people in the Bible who marry more than one wife have great familial troubles as a consequence of this action. Take Jacob, for instance, married two wives and all the drama that happens because of that. Patriarchs also appear to have multiple concubines in addition to their wives. So does scripture allow polygamy? Scripture makes it clear that by the time of Malachi, God shows he desires a monogamous union. If two become one, it complicates things when you add additional wives or husbands to that formula. I think uh, people know that from personal experience, right? (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's not prohibited for kings, bishops, and deacons. Those are the only prohibitions against polygamy in the Bible. Right, yeah. I'm not saying it's it's for everybody, but I'm just saying there's no there's no prohibition against it, right. generally speaking. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> 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 I'm still debating whether to have another one, right? <laughs> All right. We also do have to keep in mind that during the Old Testament times, Women were seen more as property than humans, and that marriage would give them security, as we see from this article. If men were allowed to take multiple wives, they could satisfy various desires without divorce. If men were intent on objectifying and abusing women, God determined to put a few safety measures in place. Yeah, go abuse her, not me. (laughs) Perhaps that is why Abigail raised no objections to the fact that David had eight wives in all. Nevertheless, as stated in the Bible Study Tools article linked above, God resets the clock in the New Testament, and Jesus' teachings on marriage clearly show that God desires a marriage union between one man and one woman. Yeah, the days of uh, Israelites killing each other, well, actually, I'm wrong. The days of Israelites killing each other are still here. Mm -hmm. At least the Old Testament version of all that where the day hated each other and were jealous of each other and killed each other without even the Jews uh, you know, instigating the war. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we see that with, with, with Saul and David. Right. We can chalk up polygamy in the Bible as men engaging in a corrupt cultural practice that was essentially okay in their eyes at the time. Well, no, Yahweh permitted it. There's no doubt yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. see the big issue with it. Yeah. 
After okay. all, this must have been a, a woman who wrote this article. No, not necessarily. You, you have a. We'll find out when we get to the bottom. Maybe it was, written, all, maybe it was written have... by. Sorry, maybe it was written by Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. After all, their neighbors had multiple wives. Why not them? Right. We should. Yeah. Know... All my all my friends are doing it, Mom. Why can't I do it? <laughs> We should also note that the examples of families with multiple spouses always seem to have massive drama or tragedy. I believe that. Yeah. Just if look at the take, Mormons. Yeah. T- ten children with four different wives all on welfare. Yep. Mm-hmm. That we get to pay for with our right? tax That's right. If we take one look at what happens to David's sons, we can get a good idea of the dissolving family dynamic the Davidic dynasty had. Even Solomon, who seems to stand out from his brothers who rape and try to usurp David, falls into depravity when he has a thousand wives and concubines. That's not why he fell into depravity. He had foreign, strange wives. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. All to say, we don't know if Abigail approved of David's taking on multiple wives. As a woman of limited options and say, she may have gone with it or not realized the cultural tact Tacit ate away at not only her marriage, but their family. But her character shows us that women of God can be humble, wise, and diplomatic. And patient. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, I've got the actual article up on, uh, because you said the the, the, uh, site was causing problems at your end. But, yeah, you're right. It was a woman. Hope Bollinger is her name. A multi-published novelist and graduate of Taylor University's professional writing program. More than 1,200 of her works have been featured in various publications, ranging from Writer's Digest to Keys for Kids, etc., uh, etc. Et so she's a highly published woman and a, a, a decent Christian <laughs> from all appearances. All right, let's get back to... So this is the woman Abigail that we're talking about, uh, a really tremendous woman in Old Testament times. Back to you. Okay, I think we were on verse 8 of chapter... 25. Okay. Yes. Ask thy young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes. For we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever comes to thine hand unto thy servants and to thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all those words in the name of David and ceased. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There may be many servants now a days that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shearers and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. And this is a rich guy, right, Uh, who didn't want to feed his own brethren. And he is not, yeah, he had plenty of money. Right, yeah. Plenty of possessions. Amen. And David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about 400 men, and 200 abode by the stuff. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt. Neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant with them. Yeah, that's pretty stupid to rail on a bunch of armed men. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Churlish, I guess, is the correct word. (laughs) Drunk, maybe, too? Yeah. Um. Verse 16, they were a wall unto us both by day, by night and day. All the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what thou wilt do. For evil is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a son of Belial Ooh. that man cannot speak to him. Okay, so he was a worshiper of Baal. Mm-hmm. All right. Then Abigail made haste and took two hundred loaves, and two bottles of wine, and five sheep ready-dressed, and five measures of parched corn, 
and a hundred clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. Let's eat. <laughs> this is a feast. Wow. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And she said unto her servants, go on before me. Behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal. And it was so, as she rode on the ass, that she came down by the covert, covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her, and she met them. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept all that this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he has requited me evil for good. Okay, now this this is a real object lesson, because we have... All these horror stories of women married to slothful men, right, <laughs> who uh, uh, sit around watching television, uh, spilling beer on the couch, <laughs> and peanuts <laughs> on the floor, and popcorn, right? A lazy bum, right? Well, pray about it. Ask Yahweh to correct the situation. Get me another, a better man, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, or, or, or let him die an early death so I can inherit all his stuff, right? <laughs> you can ask for stuff like that with all humility, right? Because he's mistreating you. So let Yahweh, this is, this is the lesson of Abigail. She was very patient. She prayed about it. And Yahweh did her a, a great favor. All right, back to you. Uh, verse 22. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. Watch your language. <laughs> <laughs> and when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not, my lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. But <laughs> I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my lord, whom thou didst send. That's poetic. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. <laughs> <laughs> now therefore, my lord, as Yahweh lives... And as thy soul lives, seeing Yahweh has withholden thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. And now this blessing which thine handmaid has brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I pray thee, forgive the trespass of thine handmaid, for Yahweh will certainly make my Lord a sure house. Because my Lord fighteth the battles of Yahweh, and evil has not been found in thee all thy days. Yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul. But the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of life with Yahweh thy God. And the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. And it shall come to pass when Yahweh shall have done, done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel, that this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord, either that thou hast shed blood causeless or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when Yahweh shall have dealt well with my Lord, then remember thine handmaid. And David said to Abigail, blessed be Yahweh God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood, and from avenging myself with mine own hand. For in very deed, as Yahweh God of Israel lives, which has kept me back from hurting thee, except thou hadst hasted and come to meet me, surely there had not been left unto Nabal by the morning light any that pisseth against the wall. So David received of her hand that which she had brought him, and he said unto her, Go up in peace to thine house. See, I have hearkened to thy voice and have accepted thy person. And Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house, like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunken. Wherefore, oh, she go. told nothing, uh -huh. less or more, until the morning light. A drunken, churlish man. 
Yeah. Wouldn't wish that on anybody. But it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him mm. and it became as a stone. And it came to pass about 10 days after that Yahweh smote Nabal that he died. And when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, blessed be Yahweh that has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. For Yahweh has returned the wickedness of Nabal upon his own head. And David sent and communed with Abigail to take her to him to wife. And when the servants of David were come to Abigail to Carmel, they spake unto her, saying, David sent us unto thee to take thee to him to wife. And she arose and bowed herself on her face to the earth and said, Behold, let thine handmaid be a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. And Abigail hasted and arose and rode upon an ass with five damsels of hers that went after her. And she went after the messengers of David and became his wife. David also took Ahinoam of Jezreel, and they were also both of them his wives. But Saul had given Michal, his daughter, David's wife, to Falti, the son of Laish, which was of Galen. Okay, so there's no indication here that uh, they had to have a Baptist minister perform the marriage. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> the marriage is between uh, the man, the woman, and, and Yahweh. There you go. Right? So all of these rituals that our people go through. And in uh, uh, one of the apocryphal books, uh, I think, oh, I forget the name of it, where um, the, the, there's a marriage, and uh, the parents simply um, you know, approve of the marriage, and they consummate the marriage in the bedroom. No rituals necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, all this stuff, uh, modern world where you have to have, uh, especially uh, this really applies to South Africa, where Pastor Martins is really irritated by uh, you know, the, the fact that the Reformed Church uh, of uh, uh, what, what the hell is the country now? Uh, uh, anyway, uh, the Netherlands, OK, uh, they, they forced the the uh, Boer people to have marriages performed by that church. And they were actually performing marriages this way, right? Without any official rights. They just, uh, basically it was approved by the parents. And uh, then they were married, period. Mm -hmm. As simple as that, all right? Okay, chapter 26. I also want to point out real quick, the uh, exceptions um, to polygamy are found in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, and 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. So, right, okay. Um, you know, the exceptions being, you know, bishops and kings can't multiply wives unto themselves. So, First uh, Samuel chapter 26. And the Ziphites came unto Saul to Gibeah, saying, Does not David hide himself in the hill of Hakla, which is before Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. So even after having confessed to, to David yeah. That, yeah, right, that he is He's right. He's after him again. Yeah. What a churlish guy. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Saul pitched in the hill of Hakala, which is before Jeshimon, by the way. But David abode in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul was come in very deed. And David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched. And David beheld the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of his host. And Saul lay in the trench, and the people pitched round about him. Then answered David and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Zerah, brother to Joab, saying, who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with thee. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. But Abner and the people lay around him. Then said Abishai to David, God has delivered thine enemy into thy hand this day. Now, therefore, let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear, even to the earth at once. Mm. I don't, and I will not smite him the second time. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not, oh. who can stretch forth his hand against Yahweh's anointed and be guiltless. 
David said, furthermore, as Yahweh lives, Yahweh shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. Yahweh forbid that I should stretch forth my hand against Yahweh's anointed. But I pray thee, take take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster and they got away and no man saw it nor knew it. He let him go again. Let, yeah, had a chance to kill him again. And uh-huh. him. Neither awaked, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from Yahweh was fallen upon them. Then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill far off, a great spacing between them. And David cried to the people and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Answer thou not, Abner. Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that cries to the king? And David said to Abner, Art not thou a valiant man? And who is like to thee in Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept thy lord the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king thy lord. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As Yahweh lives, you are worthy to die. (laughs) Ye have not kept your master, the Yahweh's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the cruise of water that was at his bolster. And Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Wherefore does my lord thus pursue after his servant? For what have I done and what evil is in my hand? Now, therefore, I pray thee, let my lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If Yahweh has stirred thee up against me, let him accept an offering. But if they be the children of men, cursed be they before Yahweh. For they have driven me out this day from abiding in the inheritance of Yahweh, saying, Go serve other gods. Now, therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of Yahweh. For the king of Israel is come out to seek a flea, as when one does hunt a partridge in the mountains. Then said, Saul, I have sinned. Return, (laughs) son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. All right. And David answered and said, Behold the king's... Sorry. I hope he keeps his word this time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Haven't we heard this before? Yes, we have. Yeah. Verse 22. And David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. And let one of the young men come over and fetch it. Mm. Yahweh render to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For Yahweh delivered thee into my hand today. But I would not stretch forth my hand against Yahweh's anointed. And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in my eyes, so let my life be much set by in the eyes of Yahweh. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David, thou shalt both do great things and also shalt still prevail. So David went on his way and Saul returned to his place. Okay. And by the way, the word anointed in the Hebrew here is Mashiach. All right, Messiah. So So one more time, David let Saul go. Yes. Now, let's see how this gets resolved. Chapter 27. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. And David arose and he passed over with the 600 men that were with him into Achish, the son of Maok, king of Gath. And David dwelt with Achish at Gath, he and his men every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the Carmelitess, Nabal's wife. Okay, it occurs to me now, this episode with Saul and David's great faith that Yahweh will uh, do right by him and uh, destroy his enemies before him, uh, this has to be the key of David because no one in Scripture or anywhere else ever, <laughs> has displayed so much faith, even after somebody who's trying to kill him uh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, he has faith that Yahweh will not allow it because he has done him no wrong. That's mm-hmm. got to be the key of David, this great faith that he had mm-hmm. in Yahweh. All right, back to you. Well, you know, Moses had the same kind of patience, too. Yes, yeah, right, so. exactly. Yeah, but he wasn't being pursued by right. his own kinsmen. Well, right. in, a, in a sense he was, but not by a particular, by the king, not by the right. existing king, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Verse 4, and it was told Saul that David's, David was fled to Gath, and he sought no more again for him. And David said unto Achish, if I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? Then Achish gave him Ziklag that day. Wherefore Ziklag pertaineth unto the kings of Judah unto this day. Hmm. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. And David and his men went up and invaded the the Gersh- the Geshurites and the Gezrites and the Amalekites, for those nations were of old the inhabitants of the land. As thou goest to Shur, even unto the land of Egypt. Yeah, it's because the Israelites refused to smite them when they were supposed to. Yep. So they're still around, folks. Yep. <laughs> right. Deuteronomy chapter 7, they were told to, to yep. wipe them all out. That's right. <clears throat> and David smote the land. And left neither man nor woman alive, and took away the sheep, and the oxen, and the asses, and the camels, and the apparel, and returned, and came to Achish. And Achish said, Whither have ye made a road today? And David said, Against the south of Judah, and against the south of the Jeremelites, and against the south of the Kenites. Ooh, the Kenites said they were still around. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath, saying, lest they should tell on us, saying, so did David, and so will be his manner all the while he dwelleth in the country of the Philistines. And Achish believed David, saying, he has made his people Israel utterly to abhor him. Therefore, he shall be my servant forever. Amen. Amen. Well, this is interesting, this mention of the Kenites, because it shows that they were still pure-blooded <laughs> descendants of Cain still in the land. Of mm-hmm. course, this, this tribe was uh, absorbed into the others so that uh, you, we could say this much, that uh, henceforward there were no male and female Kenites reproducing, but their blood still exists in now in the Canaanites. Right, mm-hmm. and will continue in the Edomites as well. All right, all right. Chapter twenty-eight, and it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle, thou and thy men. And David said to Achish, Surely shall thou know what thy servant can do. And Achish said to David. Therefore will I make thee keeper of my head forever. Now Samuel was dead, and all the Israel and all Israel had lamented him, and buried him buried him in Ramah, even his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they pitched in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of Yahweh, Yahweh answered him not, neither by dreams, Mm. nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that has a familiar spirit. And he just got rid of them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He just got rid of them in verse 3. And now he's looking for one to give him answers. Right, yeah, because Yahweh (laughs) won't answer him anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, I was on verse 7. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that has a familiar spirit, that I might go, may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that has a familiar spirit at Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went, and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. 
And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul has done, how he has cut off those that have familiar spirits, and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life, right. to cause me to And Saul swear to her by Yahweh, saying, oh. As Yahweh lives, there shall be no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. Uh-huh. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed. For the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me, and answers me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore dost thou ask me, ask of me, seeing Yahweh has departed from thee, and has become thine enemy? And Yahweh has done to him, as he spake by me, For Yahweh has rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. Because thou obeyed not the voice of Yahweh, nor executed his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore has Yahweh done done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, Yahweh will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines. Mm. And tomorrow shall be thou and thy sons. Tomorrow shall thou, thou and thy sons be with me. Yahweh also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Samuel's in a good place. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. He's so, telling him he's going to die in battle. There you go. Verse 20, Then Saul straight, fell straightway along, along the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all day nor all the night. And the woman came unto Saul, and saw that he was sore troubled, and said unto him, Behold, thine handmaid has obeyed thy voice, and I have put my life in my hand, and have hearkened unto thy words which thou spakest unto me. Now, therefore, I pray thee, hearken thou also unto the voice of thy handmaid, and let me set a morsel of bread before thee, and eat, that thou mayest have strength when thou goest on thy way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants, together with the woman, compelled him, and he hearkened unto their voice. So he arose from the earth and sat upon the bed. And the woman had a fat calf in the house, and she hasted and killed it, and took flour and kneaded it, and did bake unleavened bread thereof. And she brought it before Saul and before his servants, and they did eat. Then they rose up and went away that night. And that is the end of chapter 28. Okay. So, um, all right, we have about four minutes. We can get uh, started on chapter 29. Okay. Yeah. Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, and the Israelites pitched by a fountain, which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed on by hundreds and by thousands. Mm. But David and his men passed on in the re-reward with Achish. Then said the princes of the Philistines, What do these Hebrews hear? And Achish said unto the princes of the Philistines, Is not this David the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which has been with me these days or these years, and I have found no fault in him since he fell unto me unto this day? And the princes of the Philistines were wroth with him. And the princes of the Philistines said unto him, Make this fellow return that he may go again to his place which thou hast appointed him, and let him not go down with us to battle lest in the battle he be an adversary to us. For wherewith should he reconcile himself unto his master? Should it not be with the heads of these men? Is not this David of whom they sang one to another in dances, saying, Saul slew his thousands and David his ten thousands? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. 
Then Achish called David and said unto him, Surely, as Yahweh lives, thou hast been upright, and thy going out and thy coming in with me in the host is good in my sight. For I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. Nevertheless, the Lord's favor thee not. Wherefore now return and go in peace, that thou displease not the lords of the Philistines. Mm -hmm. And David said unto Achish, But what have I done? And what hast thou found in thy servant so long as I have been with thee unto this day, that I may go, that I may not go fight against the enemies of my lord the king? And Achish answered and said to David, I know that thou art good in my sight, as an angel of God. Notwithstanding the princes of the Philistines have said, He shall not go up with us to the battle. Wherefore now rise up early in the morning with thy master's servants that are come with thee, and as soon as ye be up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose up early to depart in the morning to return unto the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Okay, so I don't think the Philistines trusted David. Right. right. <laughs> their, their language is very diplomatic here. Right, mm -hmm. so so we're supposed to fight against Saul, and uh, David is supposedly with us. Uh, now, wait a minute here. Uh, are we getting set up? <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm sure that's what was going on in their minds. And But nevertheless, his words about David are actually, you know, right on the money. David was upright and uh, they, you know, trustworthy, at least with regard to Saul. But you can't help suspect that the Philistines smell the rat. Right, uh, are we and I, being... wouldn't have, I would have been the same way. Right, right. So, uh, so think like a Philistine. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Okay, so uh, this is uh, very good. We're almost at the end of First Samuel, and uh, we'll get into Second Samuel. And man, the Second Samuel is loaded with prophecies, and uh, it's, it's uh, really a. A book of prophecies about the Israelites and, of course, the, the trials and tribulations of King David as well. So we cannot go wrong in uh, taking these Old Testament books to heart and learning all the lessons from them because it's full of lessons for us and we need to hearken unto them. All right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good job. Uh, we'll conclude for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh. Bye-bye.